Hey, Shelly, do you remember the days of being in corporate talent acquisition? Oh, absolutely. Every time the phone rang, it was another staffing agency claiming to be innovative and different. I used to wonder when someone would truly elevate the industry. Well, hold on to your hat here because that's exactly what Van Hack has done. Shelly, picture this a closed community of pre verified tech talent ready to relocate to Canada with all the paperwork taken care of. Sounds too good to be true? Well, not anymore. Van Hack has made it a reality. They have built the community of skilled software developers eager to make the move, and they handle the entire immigration process. And that's not all. They're taking it up a notch. Companies with offshore development teams, listen up. Van Hack's introducing the Canadian Engineering Office. Move your entire dev team to Canada, and Van Hack handles all the nitty-gritty details of immigration and relocation. So can you imagine, Serge? The applause from your CIO if you were to walk into his office and bring this solution to the table. Shelly, every time I walk into an office, I get applause. But that's not all. (laughs) The best part is they've got certified immigration consultants on board who've done this countless times. They understand that every family situation is unique. Revolutionize the way you recruit, relocate, and retain talent because when it comes to innovation in the talent acquisition world, Van Hack is leading the charge. Get ready to be the hero of your company. Check out vanhack.com today. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. Shelly, you are surrounded by three good-looking men, at least on screen. Are you going to be okay? Can you do this? I am enjoying this. I'm loving it. I'm not surrounded by men that often. So today we have joining us Jeff Dickey Chasens, who is known around the world as the job board doctor. Jeff, thanks for coming in and joining us. You bet. Glad to be here. We also have Stephen Rothsberg, who is the founder of College Recruiter. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And I'm glad I was able to dress appropriately. Yeah, I love the Canadian jersey. <laughs> Thank you. And I was counting before the show how many times that you've been on. And Jeff, I think this is your fifth appearance. So the gold watch is in the mail. Steven, <laughs> you've been on, I think this is your third or fourth time. So yeah. thank you, guys. And so for those in the audience that maybe hadn't heard some of the back catalog of the different times we've had you on this show, Jeff, could I have you start us off by... Just sharing with the audience a little bit about who you are and why you're so world famous. I will give it a shot. I did not realize I was world famous until I you came are. on the show. So that's this is, this is great. <laughs> this is great for me. No, I've been in the job board industry since 1997. I, I started out with this company called Dice and rode the Ferris wheel with them. And then about 15 years ago, I started up a consultancy to work as a business consultant with job boards. And to date, I've worked with about 750 job boards around the world in pretty much every country you can possibly imagine using every possible model that you can possibly imagine. And I'm more than happy to say I am a job board geek. I really get into it. And that's what I do for a living. 
Thank you. Now, Stephen, can you do the same for the audience that is not familiar or have heard of College Recruiter? And you do a lot of great work in the industry. So could you share with the audience a bit about you? Yeah, sure. So I uh, grew up in Winnipeg, dual U.S. Canadian citizen, which is why I'm wearing a Team Canada jersey for those who are watching the video. And for those who aren't, yes, I am very good looking. Moved to Minneapolis. I think I'm probably the only person in the history of Minnesota to ever have moved here for the weather. And I started the company that College Recruiter grew out of about three decades ago. Early on, we were doing things like publishing employment magazines, which went online in the 90s. And College Recruiter now serves about 13 million students and recent grads a year, global, primarily what we call early career, zero to five years of experience, heavily programmatic, heavily performance-based pricing, cost per click, cost per application, et cetera. And Jeff's been a longtime friend and consultant, and we used to do a podcast together. So I figured I could rope him in on this. And he said that I've got literally nothing else to do. So why not? (laughs) (laughs) And I think he's lying too. (laughs) A really good podcast, Job Board Geeks. I think you can still go and check out the back catalog. And uh, Stephen, Inside Job Boards is one that I listen frequently, and I've got some questions around one of your most recent interview that I'm going to be included. So do check out Inside Job Boards if you're in the space. It's a good one. So how about we start off with job boards? Because you guys are the experts, and there's many ways to describe 2023 when it comes to the job board space. I think about when I started in 2010, they were saying job boards are dying, right? And obviously, we're 13 years later, and we're still here. But I am not faced as challenging a year in job board space than I did in 2023. Let's just start with a recap of what you guys have seen. So Jeff, how about I start with you? What happened in 2023 in the job board space? So there was a ton of growth and a ton of activity and a ton of sales in 2022 and 2021. Mm-hmm. And it almost felt frenzied to me at times, looking at what my clients were doing and looking at the public numbers was just crazy. And so I, I suspected 23 was going to be a slowdown. I did not expect it to be as much of a drop off a cliff as it turned out to be for a number of the job boards out there. I think it's safe to say that the vast majority of my clients who are niche job boards saw drops in revenue from anywhere from 20 to 40%. And most of that happened in the first two quarters. And then there's been a gradual recovery as we moved into the fall. It was more dramatic at the top of the food chain. Indeed, famously let go thousands of people, had a 50% drop in job postings. They just posted again, more drops. Zip Recruiter lost a lot of blood this year. The interesting thing about this though, is that all the way through this rough year for a lot of job boards, there were pockets of stability and even growth. Most of the major freelance sites like Upwork and Fiverr and Headhunter, they all saw growth. They all saw Mm -hmm. revenue growth. They saw volume growth. And then in a lot of the niches I worked in, there was no drop. It was flat. And a lot of that depended on the audience. You know, tech was ugly. But areas like healthcare were pretty solid. To me, I would say that this year was 
on par with 2008. I think 2008's effects mm. were felt longer than 2023. Yeah. Actually, I'm pretty bullish about next year, but we'll see what Stephen has to say. Yeah, Stephen, what's your thoughts here? Yeah, no, I think that the, the analysis that Jeff provided, I would echo it. Just interesting for me to listen to what he's seeing across globally, lots of different sites, lots of different niches, and how we saw very much the same. What I would add to it, we started to see a slowdown and didn't realize it in probably late November, early December 2022. It's always hard to know on a week-to-week, even month-to-month basis, whether it was just one or two big customers that took longer to say yes, or whether this is an overall trend. Mm -hmm. By January, it was obvious that it was definitely slowing down. And it's hard to remember that it's only, what, 11 months ago now, when Silicon Valley Bank went under and there was all that turmoil January, February, that's when IT recruiting screeched to a halt and credit lines were getting frozen. I have a hard time believing that it was still actually this calendar year. We definitely saw a slowdown. Jeff talked about 20 to 40%. We were somewhere in there in Q1. For College Recruiter, we were already coming out of it in Q2. By the end of Q2, we were right back to where we were by late 2022. Q3 was higher. Q4 definitely looks to be higher. To us, it's the slowdown, if you will, the recession, maybe you could call Mm -hmm. it, is in the rearview mirror. So College Recruiter, would you consider it more, it's a generalized site for a niche audience. Is is that a good description of it? Uh, We we definitely consider ourselves to be a niche site uh, based on like years of experience, education. By no means are we in the same league as an Indeed or a LinkedIn or a Zip Recruiter, but we're one of the higher traffic niche sites. So you're seeing an uptake going into Q1 next year. You're feeling pretty good about it. Do you think, Stephen, that Indeed and ZipRecruiter are feeling the same way that you are? Yes, I do. But there's probably a lot more turmoil at Indeed than there is at LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been much more stable in terms of the products they offer customers, et cetera, indeed deliberately disrupted their entire ecosystem a little over a year ago. And I think it was the right decision. I think it could have been executed better, switching to more of a pay for performance model. They sprung it too quickly on their customers. But I think in the long term, three, four years from now, I think people will forget how disruptive it was to their customers and to Indeed, and they'll be in a better place. Thoughts on ZipRecruiter going into next year? What's your feelings there, Jeff? ZipRecruiter just has some real problems. I think the big layoff and then underperformance throughout the year, they're a fraction of the size of Indeed, but they're behaving like Indeed in terms of their losses and their inability to get going forward. I don't know much particularly about ZipRecruiter other than what I just read in the in the quarterlies, but I get the feeling that there's 
growing pains is what's really going on there. That's something at a management level and something at an ongoing execution level isn't quite working the way that they thought it was going to work. Having said that, who knows, they could turn it around and have a phenomenal 2024. I do think across the entire industry, there is going to be a return to pre-pandemic levels, a correction, you might say, but there's going to also be some off-the-charts growth in some of the subsectors that are being most affected. Anyone that's using AI or has AI experience, and oh my God, people go nuts. And it's fun to joke about it, but it's also an indication of how pervasive in just one year generative AI has become across the labor market. I, I personally disagree with Stephen. I don't think Indeed is smooth sailing going forward. They remind me a lot of Monster in the 2000s. I think they suffer from what's called big company syndrome. We can do no wrong. When you start dictating to your customers core stuff about the products that you're going to offer them and say our way or the highway, that's always a clarion sign of the big company syndrome. And they've executed incredibly well over the years, but I don't think they're acting like the Indeed that we saw in the 2000s or 2010s. I wouldn't say that indeed it's clear sailing, but I think it's clear to me that I'm more bullish on Indeed than Jeff is, and that's fair. One of the reasons I'm bullish on Indeed is the massive growth that they're having outside of North America. Mm, You you take a look at the European markets, and two years ago, Indeed wasn't even in some of those markets, or barely. And now they're dominating almost every single European market that matters. And it's only a matter of time before you see them going into Egypt and Morocco and go to Australia and seek discovers that, hey, there is this thing called cost per click. Rude awakening for them, just like it was for Stepstone. They've been in Australia for a long time, mm-hmm. and they have not been able to supplant Seek in any way. I remember when I worked at Indeed, this is 2015, Australia was a yeah. big part of the strategy, and they put a, a lot of headcount, they put a lot of resources, and they just never made that inroad. There might be a time that it just clicks that they finally get there. But really good points on the countries. They're definitely growing outside of North America. And like Germany is a perfect example because yeah, they right. didn't really exist and they're really dominating in that market. So in 2024, will it be the year that Google for jobs? <laughs> <laughs> I heard you, you laughing there, Jeff, because you know I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us here about Google for jobs and... Are they finally going to make anything significant of it? So there's definitely people out there that think Google for jobs, paid ads are going to be incredibly disruptive. And there will be no reason for companies to ever use anything resembling a job board again. And I guess my response to that is job boards have been using Google since their inception. They've been heavily using AdWords, which in all this is a highly specialized version of AdWords. If Google can actually make that big step of actually launching it and not keeping it forever in beta mode, that would have an effect. But all it's really going to do is going to line Google's pockets with more job board money. If they are successful in keeping it on the market, because they love to launch things and then kill them. 
that would be the second really big step. To, so Google might actually be standing up and moving forward at that point. And again, I just see it as another marketing channel. It's going to gobble up a lot of the very large multinational job boards revenue. It'll gobble up some of the enterprise level advertisers, just like AdWords does right now. And in certain cases, some of the niche boards will take advantage of it. Is it going to destroy anything? No. And that's if it ever actually moves into the light. So obviously in Canada, it's gone like silent. Jeff, have you heard anything about launching it? The most I know about launching it is there are certain people that write a lot on LinkedIn that believe that launch is imminent. And I'll go in and I'll read it and they'll say, okay, maybe something I don't know. And then another six months will go by and I'll look down and they'll be (laughs) posting the same post. I have no doubt that Google is doing lots of testing and fadoodling with how they want to do it, but I have no knowledge of, of a launch date. The closest I've seen to that is I follow some of the search engine blogs and they've talked and Google just released a rollout of their plans for paid advertising, which they do, I think, once a quarter or once every six months. And if you looked at it the right way and you squinted, you could pretend that maybe in code they're saying that they're going to launch paid job ads, but that's about the only way you could come up with anything solid. And I couldn't squint, so it didn't look like that to me. (laughs) (laughs) Steven, what's your take here? I I can speak to this. So I think what we're talking about here are the paid ads that if you were selling vacuum cleaners or cars or ice cream makers or whatever, you'd have a product ad. And if a user went, ran a search on what's the best new electric vehicle for 2022, you'd see like little tile kind of icons, little photo of the car, a few lines of description, and it would link to the retailer's website where you could get more information. That's what they're talking about doing. That's what they have been doing with jobs. You know, you'll have a little Allstate logo or government of British Columbia or whatever the employer might be, along with probably a job title and a URL to maybe the ATS, might be the job board, wherever that job resides. They did announce months ago that they were rolling that out in what some people called a beta. Turns out it was actually an alpha. They had a few partners like Zip, like Indeed, LinkedIn. And from what I heard from those organizations, the traffic that they saw rounded to zero. The spend was virtually nothing, and the traffic that they got back was virtually nothing. I think it was roughly a month ago, couldn't be more than two months ago now. Google kind of revamped it. They tweaked yeah. the layout a bit, trying to add more prominence to those ads. I don't know after that what the impact of that. I suspect that they're waiting to see and waiting until they can drive a lot of traffic and then they'll start to sell it. We've been told by one of the engineers working on the product that we are in the beta group. So we're going to be in like group two. Now, they'll go from four or five job boards, I'm guessing, to maybe a couple dozen, maybe a few dozen job boards, all probably in the U.S. And if it works for that second group, that's when I think you'll start to see hundreds or thousands. And then I would totally agree with Jeff. I don't see this as being revolutionary for our industry. I see this as being evolutionary. And I think the big winners here are going to be the recruitment advertising agencies 
and the programmatic job ad distributors that have the time and the sophistication and the tools to take advantage of this. Because I'll tell you, Fred's Pizza Shop on the corner, there is no freaking way that they're going to be able to log into Google, figure out how to do this, how to set their budgets, when to turn off these ads. If it was a complete cluster blank, blank, blank on Indeed when they tried to get SMBs to do it, I can only imagine what would happen on Google. It would just be worse. Back in the gold rush, it wasn't the miners who made Mm -hmm. the money. It was the people selling picks and shovels. Shelly, you should be happy that you're selling picks and shovels. (laughs) Yeah, she's rubbing her hands together. Just like, oh, maybe that private jet isn't just a dream. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to talk about my man, my man, Elon Musk. And to quote him, go fuck yourself is the one of my favorite clips that I've ever seen in the last couple of days. If you guys haven't seen that, I, yeah, talk about the average and calls out the CEO of Disney by name. That's classy. (laughs) Love it. Love it. So as you guys know, you recently released a job search component to X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. I guess the word that I would use is underwhelming. But Stephen, I would like to get your take. Can this get legs? I have one word to describe it. (sighs) (laughs) You got to give me more. You got to give me more. It's like almost useless. And I I think that there are more people on podcasts talking about it than there are people who are actually using (laughs) it. It's just the biggest waste of space since the Toronto Maple Leafs playoff hopes. Oh, that's pretty bad. (laughs) Right? I had to work that in somehow. I, I thought it I thought it was really funny when he was quoted as saying, I view this as you know, giving LinkedIn some competition. So, oh my <laughs> God. LinkedIn is looking on the bottom of its shoe saying, What did I just step in there? This, this is not <laughs> not nothing did they, happened. <laughs> did they even notice that they had stepped in something? Yeah, exactly. It's, exactly. <laughs> it's just not a I agree. It's like Back to the 90s, if I was still doing this, and luckily most of my clients don't have to go through this, I'd say, your site looks like this. And I would show them a really god-awful job board. Now I'll show them X and just say, don't let this be your job board, okay? Please. So, But question on that end, is this just the first step? Is there more coming here that's actually going to be marketable and useful And this is not uncommon of how Elon approaches these things, right? Is this just the first step and it's going to get way better? Like, I I hate underestimating Elon. It can't be what it is now. It just can't be. All I can do is look at the platform since he's bought it and look at what has been announced, what's rolled out, what's been developed. And there's been 10 announcements for every one rollout. And for every rollout, that's gotten developed, there's been like zero. They get dumped out there. They don't make the 44 billion that he needs and then goes on to the next thing. And I think this is going to be another one of those things. It's so underwhelming that it won't have any traction and so he won't see any money. And so he'll start looking for the next thing that he thinks can turn a quick buck. I agree. I think he's way too ADD to be able to focus on this and actually get traction. And as somebody who is ADD, I'm not criticizing that, but he's going to be on to the next thing next week. 
So I guess the reviews are out and they're not good for X. Hopefully (laughs) next year at this time be really interesting. It'll probably be dead. You're probably right. But I will not say that yet. But Stephen, you reached out to me after Mm -hmm. hearing a podcast we did, I think a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. talking about LinkedIn. And I was saying LinkedIn is not a job board. It's a social network. And you disagreed. And I think you agreed with what Shelly had said, that it's definitely a job board. So Stephen, I'm going to give you the first word. I definitely still think it's a social network first and foremost, but I'll let you put your points in and then I'll refute you after. Yeah, thanks. I thought the best way to approach this discussion is to first define what a job board is. So I did a little bit of research and tried to come up with a good definition. And the best definition I was able to find is it's a platform where jobs are listed that allow companies to search and apply for candidates and candidates can post resumes. And if Jeff is thinking to himself, those words sound familiar, just take a look at the job board article from April 30th, 2014, (laughs) because that's where he wrote that. I'm paraphrasing it only slightly. And he continues to talk about if employers can post jobs and the application process is facilitated, then you can call it a job board. So LinkedIn's revenues are overwhelmingly job postings and what I would call resume searching. People signing up for recruiter licenses and they're searching what LinkedIn likes to call profiles, but their resumes or CVs. There's really very little difference. If it walks like a duck and if it talks like a duck, it is a duck. Now, one thing that the surges of the world will say is, but look at all the engagement. Look at people posting content, videos, blog articles, whatever. That's all, according to people at LinkedIn, LinkedIn leaders, they will candidly say that is a traffic acquisition strategy. Content is a traffic acquisition strategy. It's not a business model. The business model is selling postings, selling resume searching. And that's what job boards do. Okay. Okay. Jeff, your take. Yeah. Strangely enough, I have thoughts about this as well. I think Stephen's absolutely right. It's a job board. And I'm sorry, Serge, you're wrong, except I will give you this. One of the things that I've done over the years when I talk at conferences is I talk about different job board models. There's the so-called traditional model, which would look like the old monster of yore, you know, where it's all about posting jobs. But there's a model that emerged pretty early on in the industry that I call a hub, where it's built around some sort of professional focus. And like Stephen says, it uses content and user engagement, user interactions to build traffic for the site and to build uh, activity for the job board. And it's monetized on the job board side of things, right? And that's exactly what LinkedIn is. So I can point you to a little hub like Archonnect, which has been around for a long time. It's for architects. The vast majority of what's on the job board is not jobs. It's all this other stuff that architects use and do and talk about and all this sort of stuff. But all the money comes from the job board piece. LinkedIn's just the same way. And yes, you can say it's a social network, but what it really is is a job board that figured out how to monetize social interactions on the job board side. I mean, we've seen this over and over again. Facebook is the huge exception. 
where mm-hmm. they decided early on, no, we're an advertising platform and we'll run ads for anything and everything. So it's all about traffic for us. LinkedIn was never that way, although some people could argue that maybe it's heading that way at this point. So I guess you weren't totally wrong, but you're certainly not right. Uh, Shelly, do you want to pile on here? <laughs> might as well. What's your take here? So what's interesting is the fact that the John Q public doesn't realize that it was an intentional business model of LinkedIn, because we always argue, why don't we advertise jobs on Facebook? And the answer is, as you very simply have put it, Jeff, so thank you, is that's not what they ever intended it to be. And so the consumer, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook, the consumer is you either engaging what we want to consider to be social versus professional or work-related. And I I guess for me, the most disappointing part is that it hasn't evolved. Their technology hasn't evolved and their matching is just awful. They have the most information on human beings, certainly in your professional life. They have everything of mine, everything. And they Mm. have my thoughts and they have every piece of activity (laughs) in my professional life. And yet they still send me jobs for helicopter pilots. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. All right. So all good points. (laughs) I will seed uh, a bunch of points to you guys, but I did some research as well, Stephen, and here's what I came up with. So last year in revenue, we're talking about $14.5 billion in revenue. So yes, $6 billion was talent solutions, but they do not break down talent solutions really well because talent solutions does include job slots. It does include their navigator, their recruiter product. It also includes their learning and development product as well. And I don't know how big a piece that is. Then you look at marketing. Marketing is $5 billion in revenue compared to $6 billion in talent solutions. Then there's like a 2 to $3 billion of different stuff, right? So it is not even 50% of the revenue. And I disagree. I think they want to be a marketing platform. I don't think their plan was to get most of their revenue in the talent space. Because why would anyone want to do that? Like when you're looking at the marketing or sales space, which is just such a bigger industry and there's so much more dollars to be made. But I agree with Shelly that the platform hasn't evolved. And I think they have so much technical debt that it's really hard to evolve to the point that they need to. But I compare them to McDonald's in the sense that mm. I would not call McDonald's a coffee shop, even though they have great coffee. They're still not a coffee shop. And LinkedIn is not a job board. They're a social platform that happens to monetize the talent side of it. But 10 years from now, what their revenue mix will be, I guarantee you talent will be 20 to 30% compared to the 40% because there's a lot more money to be made in different ways. So I am still sticking, guys. I don't think it's a job board. (laughs) If I gave you different numbers, would you be open to reconsidering? So No, but I'd like to hear your numbers. I'll give you the numbers anyway. So about seven, eight years ago, we co-hosted a couple of conferences with them. User conferences, employers were the attendees, we had speakers, that kind of thing. One of the people that I was working with, we were talking about that breakdown that you just cited, how much is talent solutions, how much is marketing and whatever. 
And so what she said is that their internal numbers are that 87% of their revenues come from postings and posting-relating products, recruiter licenses, recruiter-related products, and that the other 13% are from people who want you to use them to buy cryptocurrency and to refinance your home and whatever. And I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but we've all seen those sorts of ads on LinkedIn. The reality is that LinkedIn has a really powerful motive to de-emphasize how much money they're making from employers. And so they move as much money out of talent solutions and into things like marketing as they can. So if you go and you buy like the pay-per-click kinds of ads that run alongside pages for an employment ad, they call that marketing. But it's not. It's not marketing like most of us think. They're not selling hamburgers there. They're still saying sign up for our class where you can learn to be a financial services representative. And oh, by the way, the company that's paying for that is Allstate. So I agree with you that McDonald's is not a coffee shop, but I think a better analogy is McDonald's is not a salad restaurant. McDonald's does sell salad. Very few people buy it. You go to McDonald's because you want a really good infusion of grease, not because you're looking for croutons. I actually go to McDonald's because of the salad. (laughs) You liar. Yeah, I believe you. (laughs) You lie like a dog. (laughs) Steven and your facts. I I guess I will take a step back and reevaluate my position on this. I I move. I'm a little bit closer to agreeing, but I'm not there yet. So how about we jump into the prediction? Shelly, do you want to take that? Okay. So I'm going to do a round the table here. Predictions for 2024 in the job board space. Can we kick things off with you, Jeff? Sure. I've already made this prediction, but I'll make it again because I don't think a lot of people are hearing this, but I just got finished writing my update and there was a mix, pretty much a 50-50 mix on people that are losing revenue and people that are seeing significant gains in revenue. I think in Q1, Q2, it's all going to flip. People are going to start making money again, even the big boards, and we're going to see hopefully a better alignment between what employers know they need to do and what they actually do. Because I think one of the problems with the market right now is that employers have been listening to recession doom talk too long and they're Mm -hmm. scared to hire people, even though they know they need them. Thank you. Steven. I, I have two predictions and they both boil down to the word divergence. I had to work in a big fancy word like that in, into this conversation. One is, and I think particularly for your recruiters that, um, audience, that I think this will either appeal to some of them or scare some of them. I think that we're going to see employers finally creating incentive systems for quality instead of quantity. That forever, employers have been telling job boards we want quality. But the incentive systems, how they buy from us, has always been about quantity. So shockingly, job boards have been giving employers what they wanted, 
what they've yeah. been paying for, what we're incentivized to do, which is quantity, quantity, quantity. But the tools are now there and they're cheap and easy to use. That quality is now something that job boards can be incentivized to provide. There are going to be employers that will do that and they will actually get the quality. And the quantity, the poorly converting candidates, masses of them, AI-generated crap, those are going to go to the employers that choose not to incentivize their job board partners based on quality. So we're going to have some real winners, and we're going to have some real losers. The second prediction that I had is that I think we're going to see a small but rapidly growing minority of employers shifting away from interviewing virtually every qualified candidate to actually interviewing only about 5%. That AI is going to segment out candidates that are merely qualified based upon the application to candidates that also assess well and also are validated as being real. And so again, I think you're going to get recruiters at a small number of organizations able to spend a lot of time with really good candidates, and they are going to win a disproportionately high share of those. And then the poorly converting or unproductive employees are going to migrate over to the other employers. Again, winners, losers. Mm. So I'm going to go next, Serge, because I know you always want to have the last word. (laughs) (laughs) So interestingly enough, Stephen, I think my prediction for 2024 is the explosion of the pre-screen. So it's actually very similar to what you were just talking about. But I'm thinking we moved so far over to just give us your name and phone number, which is fine for certain open hiring practices where you just need somebody to show up and hope that they show up, but you hire 50% more because 50% don't show up, right? That's a whole different thing. I think what we are going to see is going to be more of that, slow it down just a touch, still make it easy and nice for people to do, but we're going to see more of a slowdown because the demand, you're right, some sectors, they will always demand high volume right? Mm -hmm. Because they chew through so many people. But I think if we look at the overall market, we're going to see those organizations who ask really good questions will get really good people. I know it's vague, but we're going to see an uptick in the pre-screen. It's going to slow things down just a little bit. I agree with you, Over to you. You All right. I got a a couple of predictions. So the first one might be a shocker, might not be. Indeed, or Recruit Holdings acquires Zip Recruiter. It's going to happen mm-hmm. in 2024. And I'm going to tell you why it's going to happen. It's a couple of reasons. If you dig into Zip Recruiter's financial filings, one of the things that really stands out to me is their bank covenants. And as revenue has been reduced, it's put them in a very difficult position. And if we look at who in the market could afford them, that it makes sense to acquire it. It fits kind of um, a market that indeed has been very aggressive, which is the SMB in the past couple of years, and they've made inroads. This would just bring them to a next level. Obviously, I think the other factor of it is North America 
Indeed, they've been so dominant for so many years that the room for growth has diminished and ZipRecruiter might be a nice little cushion that comes in. So Indeed or Recruit Holdings acquires ZipRecruiter. The second prediction that I have actually came from a recent podcast that you did, Stephen, you and Peter Zolman on Inside Job Boards with Richard Collins from CV Wallet. Mm. And I've been following CV Wallet for a long time. And we've been talking about replacing the resume for how long? And we've been talking about skill-based hiring. And there's obviously assessments have come in play. I think what CV Wallet has built is the future with a combination of some type of assessment. So for those that don't know, basically what CV Wallet does, it does multiple things. First of all, it verifies that a person actually has worked there, that they've had this certification, and you combine that with an assessment like Plum. Plum by itself is really good, but if you combine it with a CV Wallet that they've actually done this in this particular role, and then they have this type of skill set, if I had to invest in one company in this industry that I think will make a major impact, it's Richard Collins and CV Wallet because, first of all, the guy has exited three times, which I wasn't aware. I was just aware of Click IQ, uh, but I was just so impressed. Um, if anyone can do it, it's him. So those are my two predictions, Shelley. Thank you, Serge. Very good. Very good. I want your insights, Stephen. Is it possible that Recruit Holdings would acquire Zip Recruiter? Yeah, I think it's quite possible. Absolutely. And your prediction about CV Wallet and the validation and all of that, when I was talking about employers interviewing 5% of the candidates, it's exactly the scenario I was talking about. Assess them, validate them, then interview them. Yeah. Jeff, what do you think? On the Zip thing, yeah. I mean, if Zip keeps lagging and stumbling, they're definitely a takeover target. And like you said, it would be a good target for Indeed. It'd actually be a good target for StepStone too. Mm -hmm. But StepStone Mm -hmm. tends to move very slowly. So I can't see that happening. Indeed has missed a number of acquisitions that it could have gotten. And actually, I'm very cynical about developments in human resources, having worked in the industry for so long. We talk about all these wonderful things like CV wallet and assessment, and these things have been around for a long time. And yet the companies are still struggling with the basic concept of writing a job posting that will attract a candidate. So I think there will be some employers out there that take advantage of all this stuff and do all these great things. They'll get written up in the blogs and you guys will interview them and they'll become well-known. And 95% of the rest of them won't do any of this stuff unless it shows up on Indeed's dashboard and says, click this button to get an instant assessment of Surge. Okay, why not? It's only a buck. Well, that's going to happen. It's because it's Surge. Why would you want to assess Surge? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Who would ever want to hire Surge? On that note, guys, this was a lot of fun. I think your insights are always appreciated. So for anyone that wants to get a hold of you, Jeff, what's the easiest way for anyone to reach out to you? Run, don't walk to jobboarddoctor.com. And you can reach me a variety of ways from that important website, one of the most important websites out there. I would agree. I would agree. How about yourself, Stephen? <laughs> Stephen at collegerecruiter.com. 
Well, Steven's very active on LinkedIn. So definitely follow and definitely follow Jeff Dickey Chasen's on LinkedIn. Gents, this was a pleasure. Thanks again. Thanks, Thanks so much. Au revoir. Shelly, let's face it. Texting candidates is the easiest way to hire quicker today. But your cell phone doesn't connect to your ATS. You're sharing your personal number with strangers. That's pretty scary, right, Shelly? And mm. it's not even legally compliant. Mm, this is where our friends at Rectex come in. They've created simple yet powerful text recruiting software that works with your ATS. Plus, it's designed by recruiters for recruiters, so you know it works. To learn more and book a demo, visit www.rectxt.com, mention the Recruitment Flex, and get 10% off annual plans. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.